We've been talking about whānau for this month, the, the, our topic for the month, and we've heard a lot about fathers and mothers. And today I want to talk to you about the whānau that we've just seen on the video. God's whānau. God has family. The Bible says, I have to put my glasses on here, in John chapter 1, verse 12, Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. In Romans chapter 8, verse 16, it says, The Holy Spirit himself witnesses with our spirit that we are God's children. And then... In Acts chapter 2, at 47, at the very end, it says that we are being added to his family daily. You were added to his family. When we accept Jesus as our Lord and our Saviour, we do. We become part of God's family. He becomes a true father to us. We're precious to him. He loves us with an unfailing love, an unconditional love. You're his he has claimed you as his child. You are part of his family. Romans chapter 8, verse 38 says, nothing can ever separate you from God. You are God's. Following Jesus means that we live a life of love, of righteousness, and service. As part of God's family, we cannot be Christians on our own. God always calls his people to live in a special relationship both with him and with one another. The church is God's family. It's not an activity that we do every Sunday and come to church. It's just not something that we act out. It's a lifestyle. It's a life thing. And when we gather together on a Sunday, it's the family coming together. It's God's family coming together. I love it when my natural family gets together and we all talk and catch up. It's wonderful. But every week as we come into this house, it's God's family gathering together. Christians often give up on their service for the Lord because they feel that they are on their own and no one cares for them. They feel that the problems that they're facing are peculiar to themselves alone. We have an enemy... And he will try to convince us, as disciples of Jesus, that we do not need to be concerned about other people. But the truth is that Jesus is building his church, living stone upon living stone. You're his. He is building his church. The facts fact is that we are one because of what God has done in Christ. We are what we are because of God's work in us through the Holy Spirit. The same Jesus that lives in me lives in you. You know, the one Jesus. You know, when I travelled a lot, when I went to a church in Russia, I didn't understand anything. I walked into the church and I looked and everyone smiled and there was something that connected me to them. And when they began to sing in Russian, how great thou art, I just knew I was home. It was a sense of family. Nothing can take the place of church attendance. It is when the family of God gather together. 
We've been born into a tremendous worldwide family of believers who are joined together, not by race or color or convenience, but by the blood of Jesus. All the believers in God's worldwide church obviously cannot meet together, so God has ordained that we meet in smaller groups that are now called the local church. Jesus is committed to building his church on earth. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it says that as disciples of Jesus, we should devote ourselves to the church which we all share in Christ Jesus. So God calls us to come together as his family. He wants to speak to us. There are some traits about this family and every church family that are common. You know, we have things in our families and we've heard lots of stories about different families and we learn and we grow within that. Well, there are some features of God's family. Number one, Jesus is the head of his church. The headship belongs to him. He is the head. He is Lord. He established the church. He is building it and he controls it directly. We share in his life and we come under his lordship so we learn to do as he tells us to do. Second point, there should be unity in God's family. All believers share the same Lord Jesus as there is an invisible unity among us. We cannot be independent. Jesus prayed in John 17 that there will be complete unity amongst his disciples or his family. God chose um, them for you. Oh, wait a minute. In this church, there are all sorts of people and we're all very, very different. And some of these people that we sit with, we, we kind of wouldn't naturally choose them as our friends or as our family members. But in God's wisdom, he chose who was to be here. He chose for you to be here. He chose for me and Ian to be here. He chose that Paul and Ruth would be the leaders. of. It was God who chose us to be here. And you think, oh man, I don't know about that. I, I, I kind of find it hard to talk to that. Well, it, God says in Proverbs, Iron sharpens iron. Maybe God's in the business of shaping us so that we can be who he wants us and needs us to be. The third point I want to talk about is variety of gifts and functions. All of us have a definite part to play. In God's kingdom, there are no spare parts. Every part is important. We have all been handpicked and placed into his family for a special purpose. We need to find that place, and one thing's for sure, your role will be suited to your gifts and your personalities. You'll just love it. But we have to find how can I um, get to function in the church. Point number four, we have to know in God's family, God rules. God rules. He's the one who gives and delegates authority and to people. It's him who will choose and say, I'm giving this to you. It's that God rules. He appoints and delegates authority. He appointed and delegated Paul and Ruth to be our pastors. Yeah. Nothing I can do about it. God yeah. did that. He chose for you to be here. He has a part that's really important that you need to play. I just want to read you a scripture. When I was 38 and um, single and hoping that God would supply me with a husband, 
and um, because I wanted to have children. There's one thing I really love is babies. I love babies. I love little babies. And I read the scripture. I heard it, and then I read it. I'm going to read it and from um, Isaiah 54. Sing, O barren woman. You who never bore a child. Mm, that's me. Burst into song. Shout for joy. You, were never, you who were never in labor, because... More are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband. Well, it didn't make much sense to me. How could a desolate woman have lots of children? You know, and that word, I heard it and I read it and it kept coming up in all my readings. I kept reading it, but I didn't understand it. Oh, how can that be? That's impossible. You know, but nothing is impossible for God. But I read that on the 2nd of September of 1989. I had been a Christian just over four years. And for two years, that scripture kept coming back to me and back to me and back to me. And while I was doing that, I looked after the children's crash. I began to serve in the children's ministry. I would make cups of tea. I would just do whatever I could, but I didn't really know what God wanted me to do. I didn't know where my giftings and things lied. But as I went through this, in my third or fourth year after I had the scripture, I was asked to look after the new Christians that were coming into church and to share my faith and to help build them up. I had no idea that this might be part of God's will, but I just said, yes, I'll do this. And as I started to grow and develop in my way of leading, I called it foundations. And I was teaching foundations and in the middle of my foundation, I had such a passion. I could get up any time. It never wore me out. It energized me when I was doing this. And, you know, it wasn't until one time I had a class when I was doing this in Auckland. I've been teaching foundations for 28 years, the same course. And I know it off by heart, but I still go through and I still learn all the time. But I looked at this, and as I was teaching, I had 28 new baby Christians they were baby Christians. You know, God has babies in his kingdom. They were old. Some of them were 78. The oldest one was 79 in my class. And there was a whole range of different cultures and things. But, you know, as we shared the love of Jesus, there was a moment in Lesson 6 when tears began to roll through my eyes. I was so moved that Jesus had done everything he had done to make the way for me to have a relationship with God as we talked about it. I looked, and all of these 28 had, twen had tears running down their face, and the Holy Spirit said, many are the children of the barren woman. Yeah. And I realized that God wanted me to be a mother in his kingdom. To find your place in God's family is so exciting and so fulfilling that you become so committed to it that you will just rise. All of us are called. We're all doing the same thing. What are we doing? We're witnessing for him, and we are extending his kingdom on earth. But how can you do that? What can you do? You know, so God rules, and he appoints us. Another characteristic or another feature in God's family, we need to be rightly related. First, we have to be rightly related to Jesus and then to one another. We need each other, so we must accept one another, learn to live and bear with one another. A lot of your growth and development as a Christian will come through your relationship with other believers. God grows you as you walk or live in his family. So what does his family look like? The Bible's full of pictures, full of it. I'm going to read you a few things, just a few things that the Bible says. This is what God's family looks like. 
They love one another. They encourage one another. They spur one another on towards love and good deeds. They build one another up. They instruct one another. They serve one another. They bear with one another. They forgive one another. They honor one another. They live in harmony with one another. They are sympathetic with one another. Be gentle with one another. Be patient with one another. Teach each other. Pray for one another. Offer hospitality to one another. Live at peace with others. Agree with them. Carry others' burdens. Those are just a few things that we in God's family should do. You know, that's what God, our Heavenly Father, is asking us to do. And he he empowers us to do that. It's his love that he gave us at our salvation that allows us to be able to do all this. Some things he says we shouldn't do. In God's family, we do not bite or devour one another. We do not provoke one another to envy. We do not hate one another. We do not judge one another. We do not lie to one another. We do not slander or speak evil to one another. We do not grumble against one another. And we do not go to the law against one another. Because we're family. It's God's family. His family. It works in God's way. So we need to live rightly together. Um, the last, next point is God in God's family, another characteristic is commitment. The family of God can only grow when each member functions as they should. It takes commitment. We need to ask the question, what can I do to put into this? Not, what can I get out of it? What can I do to help God build his kingdom? Another area, number, the last, one, last point I'm going to mention is service. A life of service for God is the most fulfilling life there is. Every task and every ministry is important to him. We should never compare or rate ministries or indeed any service for God. Instead, we should be willing. There should be a willingness in our heart to accept responsibility and an attitude of humility of service, which Jesus is clearly exemplifying. Our Father watches. His eyes are always upon us. And you know, when you are serving and you think it's the least of the least, the person who sweeps the floor at the very end, nobody sees. Yes, they do. God sees. God sees. And he rates that just as important as the person who is speaking up the front. Use the talents that God has given to you. If we compare, oh, I can't do that, oh, I wish I could, a lot of people will find themselves wanting something and not doing what God's asking them to do and then finding out, oh, that's too hard, and then collapse and fall to it. It, They just can't accomplish it. Instead, um, where is it? As you wait to discover your role in his family, do whatever needs to be done with all your might for the glory of God and the extension of of his kingdom. So we need to do it the best that we can because we're doing it as though we're serving the Lord. So what a great family this is to belong to. It's it's a wonderful family. I'm going to pass it over to my husband now. I've had my time. That was good, wasn't it? This is a great family, isn't it? Young and the old, beautiful and the ugly. And, and the rest of us. <laughs> the family. Great to be in God's family. Yeah. Great to belong to a family. Yeah. Have fun in the family. Yeah. Families have fun together. Yeah. And Excite Family sure does, that's for sure. <laughs> we have a lot of fun here. And uh, church is not to be boring, is it? No. Well, if, if church is boring, I'm off. Yeah. 
Church is to be fun, but we have commitments to one another. Now, I want to talk to you a little bit about there are three, in a, in a family, there are three stages in a family. Okay? And we grow through these different stages. Uh, well, that's what we should be doing. <clears throat> and uh, there's, there's sometimes where we have, in a family, we have children, <clears throat> and we have sons and daughters, and we have fathers and mothers, yes? There's three different stages. And we expect people in the natural family to go from stage to stage. It is disappointing if someone is 30 and still is being fed by the bottle. It is disappointing if we don't develop in the family. We say, well, there's something wrong there. There's something wrong if we're still acting as babes in the house when we should be acting as sons and daughters in the house, yeah? And we need to go on and go from stage to stage. I'm going to, we're going to read a scripture together. Look at this. This talks about the three stages that's in the family. Here it comes. Here it comes. This is 1 John, not the Gospel of John, the Epistle of John at the back of the Bible towards Revelation, chapter 2 and verse 12 to 14. It says, I'm writing to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. Then it says this, I'm writing to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I'm writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. Then it repeats it. Next verse. I write to you, dear children, because you know the Father, and I write to you, fathers, because you know who is from the beginning, and I write to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God lives in you, and you have overcome the evil one. Now you see, for each of these stages, there's certain characteristics. And it's those we just want to touch on this morning as we share about the family. Now we're talking about chronological age. We're talking about being uh, babies in the Lord. When you first come, even if you're 60 and you give your heart to the Lord, you're a spiritual baby. You're just starting. You've just been born again of the Spirit of God. And so your walk begins. And, and, and so we're not talking about how old we are spiritually, uh, chronologically in, in years of, of life. We're talking about our spiritual life. And so it's like that. You see, it's okay to be babies, isn't it? It's good to see the little ones running around. These little fellas, man, you see them in the pram. The next minute, the little fellas are about this high. They're walking. The next minute, they're up here. And the next minute, their hair's falling out. <laughs> and it's okay to be children in the house. It's okay to be children. That's part of growing up, you see. That's part of life. You know, and we don't get mad when children can't get it all right, do we? It's no use the father saying, saying you know, for, for, for Reuben to say to the little one there, to, to Andre, for goodness sake, why is your nappy dirty again? What is wrong with you? He understands that the little fella is just a, a babe. 
And babies in the house don't get it all right. In the family, they fall over. They need looking after. They need care. They need feeding. They need providing for. They're children. They're babies. It's okay. And when we're young in the Lord, we don't get it all right, and it, it's, it's okay. It's, it's fine. And spiritual babies need milk. And in this church, as Sophie's been saying, we share the foundations course, and she shares the milk of the Word of God, the basics of our Christianity. You see, it says that they know the children says, they, this, is, this is what they know. They know two things. One, they know that their sins are forgiven. Yeah. And second, they know who the Father is. Yeah. Now, when we come to the Lord, there is those two things that, are become, that are important. One, the joy of knowing your sins are forgiven is fantastic. Yeah. You need to know that like you need to know that. That's part of your first part, that your sins are forgiven, that you're yeah. forgiven, that you're on your way to heaven. Hallelujah. Yeah. And then secondly, as children, we need to know who Father God is. Yeah. We know as part of the children in the family, we've got a heavenly Father that will be there come what may, yeah. and that he's a good Father. Hallelujah. Everything about him is good. Hallelujah. And as babies in the Lord, we learn to trust him. We learn to know him and to get to know him and that he is the head of the family. Hallelujah. And what he says goes. Yeah. And so he's our dad. And the babies in the Lord need to know those two things. Now, sons. It says a couple of things about sons. You see, we can't stay as children in the house. There's too many Christians that are still babes when they should be sons and daughters. When it talks about sons, it, 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 it means it's, it includes women, sons and daughters, fathers and mothers, yes? You know, often the Bible just refers to the male, but the word is, encompasses men and women as one thing. So we're talking about sons and daughters. And there's too many babes. You know, if you're still a baby when you're, when you're 15, something's wrong. Okay? We need to, so what does what 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 the, the, the sons know? What, what are the two things? No, three things. One, they overcome the evil one. See, there were three things. When you're growing up in God, you learn how to overcome the evil one. You learn how to win. Hallelujah. You learn how to overcome the things today that you couldn't overcome yesterday. That's what an overcomer is. You learn to overcome the devils and the demon spirits that try and invade our lives and our kids and our families. You learn, hallelujah, how to win in life. Amen. And there's a reason there. It says, because the sons, they are, they are strong. And this is the age where we become strong. In the natural, we become strong. But in the spiritual, we move from, from childhood and we move into sonship and to be daughters in the house. Hallelujah. And we become strong. We're not falling over all the time. We're not getting tripped up. We know where we're heading. We've got a pathway, and, and we're part of the answer. Hallelujah. In the house. Hallelujah. And so this is important. And you say, well, what's the third thing? Well, it, the third thing is how you become strong. It says in that scripture, you can read it when you get home, it says, because the word of God lives in them. 
And in sonship, we learn that we, we take in the word of God. You say, you want to be a strong Christian? You want to go from baby to son? Then you need to get the word of God living in you. Hallelujah. You need to know that greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. You need to become an overcomer. Hallelujah. You need to begin to win, not just for you, but for others in the family. Others in the house. Hallelujah. You are growing. You are starting to walk. And how do you do it? How do you become strong? You get into the Bible. Hallelujah. You move from the milk of the word and you move into the meat of the word. That's why in this church we run mana course. And we have that course starting a couple of weeks, Wednesday week. Hallelujah. It's an opportunity for you to get the word of God. You will never become strong and move into be a a son or a daughter, really, uh, a strong in the house and an overcomer unless you have the word of God. You've got to know the principles of the Bible. This is the book to win spiritually. You have to get this into you. You have to know it. You will always be weak. And the thing is that that people don't. They just sit there and they think it's going to happen by osmosis. They think it's just going to happen. They think it's just going to... But you've got to study the Word of God. We're doing this thing on this starting on Wednesday on winning life's battles. You know, we were singing about the power of the name of Jesus this morning. Do you know the power that is in the name? That's what we're dealing with, the power of the blood. The power of the name of Jesus. The power of the word of God. We're talking about binding and loosing. We're talking about declaring. We're talking about overcoming in this life. We're talking about winning the spiritual battles. Hallelujah. For the family. Hallelujah. For your family and for this family. Of becoming. But you've got to learn the principles. You can't just hope it's going to happen. You can't. You see, that, that's the thing. And, and, and a lot of people, man, we need to get into the word of God. This is my passion. Sorry, but you're getting it. (laughs) Hallelujah. I was asked to speak, so it's my turn. (laughs) Sons face up to the enemy of their lives. They need to be strong. They overcome by by, by, by the... It is written. Jesus, you see, Jesus, when Jesus was baptized, he moved from childhood... To sonship, and he began to overcome everything that he stepped in his pathway. He healed the sick, he delivered the oppressed, he set the people free. Hallelujah! And he became the son. I, I, there's other things here, but we're not going to go into that. But there it is. The tragedy is that many Christians never go on to become fathers because the enemy defeats them over and over again, and they have never learned the principles of overcoming. They know little of the Bible because they've never committed to receiving input. They still want milk and the Holy Spirit needs them to have meat. The ongoing revelations and principles of the kingdom of God only found in the Bible. Many people lurch from crisis to crisis because they've never learned how to stand up against the enemy and how to take authority. And how to speak the name of Jesus over situations. And how to declare the, 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 the will of God over situations. And we need these principles in our lives. That's why we're talking about winning life's battles. Then the third thing is fathers. Fathers, John says in that scripture, 
He says, fathers know him who is from the beginning. Wow, I read that one. I thought, wow, what does that mean? So I went back to God at the beginning. Genesis 1, verse 1. This is what was happening. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. Fathers know God, this God. This God, who even though there was chaos, he was able to bring order out of chaos. Fathers know that even though there is just void and nothing's happening, God can bring form and creation out of it. Hallelujah. Even though there is death, Fathers know that God can breathe life into that situation, no matter what. They know God who is from the beginning. They know a God who, who, who nothing is impossible. Fathers believe God. They trust Him implicitly, yes? Hallelujah. They, they, they laugh at impossibility. Fathers laugh at impossibility and shout, it will be done. Because God is on the throne and he is the head of the family. And so, you know, we need to develop this. And we need to know these different stages in our life. And fathers have children. Sophia is a mother in the house. She has spiritual children. She has hundreds of them around the, around the place. And we need to have, we need to be looking after some others. We need to have overcome. We need to move them through the stages. So we're, we're babes, we're children, that's good. Then we come into sonship and daughter. We become sons and daughters who overcome the evil one, who have the word of God in them. And then we, grow, we become fathers. You know, in the natural, the, the, the cry in our nation is for fathers. Yeah. Where are the fathers? And the cry in the family of God is the same. Where are the fathers? I'll tell you where they are. They're still struggling as sons and daughters, and they're not overcoming at that level, so they don't go on to become helpful to others because they're so consumed with their own crises. And we need to get through those stages. Hallelujah. You say, how, you go? how am I going to get through it? Let the word of God live in you. Wouldn't it be great if in Excite, the house had lots of fathers and mothers? We are blessed in this house. We are blessed in this house. A number of lovely Christians have proved the day, how walking with them. Uh, Heather there this morning again, and Paul and Ruth. I mean, it's, it's, it's lovely. But if the church is going to grow, we need to move to that stage, yes? And so I want to encourage you this morning, hallelujah, to, to keep going. Whatever it takes, this year, this year, this year, for the sake of the, your natural family and for the sake of your, our spiritual family, please do something about getting the Word of God into your heart and life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because if you don't, you're going to stay at the same stage month after month, year after year, and you're still... The enemy will press the battle right to your gate. I tell you, I decided years ago, I'd rather fight 
the devils out and take their territory than have them sitting on my doorstep trying to bust my door down. Hallelujah. So I need to become an overcomer and be useful in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Well, that'll do. That's enough for one morning. You get the drift? Hey, I'm a dad. One of my joys is seeing seeing, uh, my son. My son's going to be preaching here in two weeks' time. Yeah. He's the pastor of the church in Glen Innes and He's a father. He's now a father, the lighter. And he's growing a church there in that needy area of Auckland, just been pioneering it for, for about 18 months. And, 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 you know, and there's people gathering, people getting saved. And, and he's growing this team. And I'm so proud of him. Hallelujah. Because he's gone through the stages, yes. Now he's a father in his own house. Praise God. in the family yeah. are you part of God's family do you know him Father God really he knows you and he loves you with an unfailing love he's cared about you he's tracked and he loves you longs that you were to join his family.